0: You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick off your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be
1: the boss of your life.
0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. I am Jen Rosenbaum, your host, and I am here today with Lauren Trantham, my co-host. Hi, Lauren. How are you? Hi, guys. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> good. So last we spoke, you were heading to this retreat and you like didn't want to say too much about it, but now we're post-retreat. Can we talk about it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm asking you. On the air. Yes. That's yes. Yes. Awesome. So, you know, you had mentioned that there were a couple of things in the um, retreat that, that you spoke about that really kind of sat with you. One of them was forgiveness.
1: And I don't know if you want to mention the retreat. I don't have an issue with it if you do. So sure. Yeah. yeah. I went to the Matthew Hussey retreat and some of you might follow him on Instagram. He's known as the dating guy. And I've been following his stuff (laughs) since last fall because he teaches you like practical skills on like, dating. Mm. (laughs) I get so embarrassed because like I don't date, but I signed up for this dating retreat. (laughs) Well, but maybe that will help you date. Well, the reason that I signed up was because I saw a video that he had posted on YouTube about core confidence. Mm. And I'm really fascinated with that because I'm a very confident person. But as you know, Jen, and as some of the listeners might have already (laughs) came to understand about me, like I still have a lot of issues. (laughs) Who doesn't? Right. So I'm a very confident person, but I find that like I achieve, I achieve, I achieve, and I don't necessarily feel any better. Mm-hmm. And so he posted this video. It's on YouTube, it's six minutes, and he talks about the three levels of confidence, and it like spoke straight to my heart. Mm-hmm. And so then I found out he has a retreat that's all about the core confidence. Mm. It's a five day thing, it's technically six days. And the fifth day is like confidence, like how to have core confidence. <laughs> so I was really excited. So yeah, I went there. It was in Fort Lauderdale. It was really intense. I was super stoked to unplug. I didn't yeah, you any. shut off social
0: media for like five I days,
1: right? No, it was like nine days. Wow. It was glorious. <laughs> I loved that.
0: Yeah. Did you feel like you missed out on things? Were you no, scared about that's, that?
1: No, that's kind of the interesting thing is that I knew that I didn't really miss out on anything. Mm. Like I, I was still texting a few of my close friends, just keeping them updated because a lot of people were curious about the retreat. But no, I didn't feel like I missed anything. And in fact, I'm like, how can I implement less social media in my life now that I'm home? Mm. Which is hilarious from a woman who teaches social media yeah.
0: courses. But exactly. yeah, I think it's like, it's more about intentional use of social media probably.
1: Absolutely. And now I'm like, okay, I better practice what I preach that you can really have a successful social media with 10 to 15 minutes in the morning and 10 to 15 minutes in the night. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But anyway, so the retreat had like a lot of gems. Like we talked about a lot of different topics from rituals to having vision for your life to, I mean, I could talk for hours about everything that I learned, but I was mentioning to you like this whole segment on forgiveness, which really blew my mind. Yeah, I would love to talk more about that
0: because I think that um, that's, for me, that's a struggle with some stuff I have going on in my life currently. So I'd love to hear about what you learned and like maybe just open up a conversation about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So just... Caveat: Everything I'm saying, I learned from Matthew Hussey. So right, we're
0: not trying to steal right. the info. We're we're just sharing yeah. some love, yeah, and we're not yeah. giving it all away either. We're just we're just kind of inspiring others. Yeah,
1: I just want to tell like that there was like one analogy that has really stuck with me, and so he talked about like. And by the way, two, sorry
0: before you get into it, maybe we could get him on the podcast. So that would be good too. Would,
1: yeah, you would love him. Okay. He, yeah. yeah, we got to work. On him. <laughs> okay. So. With the forgiveness, like, you know, there's two, right? You have like, we have this whole thing in our life, like, oh, we're supposed to forgive others. But I find that forgiving others is one thing, but forgiving myself is so much harder. Mm. And I get really, I've been really frustrated because everybody's like, you just need to forgive yourself for the mistakes that you make. Mm. And I've read all kinds of books about it by Desmond Tutu and I've watched TED Talks and I'm like, I just don't get it. Like there's something missing here. So- I was really focused on how to forgive myself. And I feel Mm -hmm. like if you can forgive yourself for your mistakes, then you're really not that as hard on others and you can kind of let their stuff go too, and realize that you need to like release it. Right. Like they're they're not, you're not perfect. They're not perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So I'll just, I'll just jump right into the analogy. So he, he gave this entire analogy about a relay race Mm. So you have like four runners, for example, running a race and they have the baton and you pass it off at each one and how everybody runs their hardest and they're part of a team. And they're all, they're all wanting to get to that finish line together. And he really just talked about like, if the first runner trips, the fourth runner, like doesn't have time to think about it. Mm -hmm. She's just going to get her baton and run as hard and as fast as she can. She's not going to waste time on the track being like, I can't believe you did that. Mm. Like, how dare you trip and cost us 30 seconds. And Mm -hmm. no, like you have to be focused on running your race. And so the big analogy that he used was that life is a race, but every day we wake up as a new runner. Mm. So he just kept saying over and over again, many runners won race. So if you wake up this morning and you have a race to run, right? Like you have your life and your dreams and your mm-hmm. vision for moving forward. Like, why would you spend time yelling and berating the runner from last week or the mm-hmm. runner even like from four years ago? Right. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. like 15 years ago. Yeah. I was going like to say like, go back pretty far. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, you know, I've talked about it so much on this podcast. Like when I, when I got married and it turned out to be like such a rough time for me, like I'm constantly like, I'll go back to my mind on the day that I met him. And I'm like, you're so dumb. Like, how could you not see the signs? Mm -hmm. And like, when he put it into that analogy, like, why would I, if I'm a different runner today, why would I yell at the (laughs) the girl who was running the race? Like, I don't know, that was 12 years ago or whatever. Like that's ludicrous.
0: Right. Um, And and the fact is that you are a new runner today. And so would you be the runner you even are today without that runner? Right. Like that that fourth runner might run their personal record because they have to make up for the other runner, right? That trip. So exactly. it, it does push you to be better.
1: Yeah. And the second analogy he used that actually has to do with that, Jen, I, and I totally forgot about it. And so you mentioned it was, he said like, remember when you had your original, like who had a, an original iPod mm. from like years ago, mm-hmm. a decade ago, like remember how glitchy they were mm. like they would freeze and they would like be all messed up. And so then Apple, Upgraded and they upgraded and they upgraded. And he's like, You wouldn't never pick up your iPhone today, your brand new 6s or whatever they are now. He's like, You would never pick it up and like yell. We're, we're up to tens, by the way. Long right. Long. 10, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like six. I don't know what world you live in, but I'm in 10, <laughs> but okay. Right. Okay. Jen, you would never pick up your fancy new iPhone 10 and yell at it and berate it for the for the old technology that the iPod had. No, I just yell at it for the technology it is today. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly what he's saying. Like we have old technology, like old operating systems. Like you didn't know back then what you know now. So how can you like yell at old technology? Like it's... You know, this goes forward also. It's funny because um, I was just having this conversation
0: today actually with my mom, but to use a different analogy, it's going forward also. Like, you know, as a cancer survivor, you always like fear that cancer is going to come back 10 years, five years, 20 years, whatever. And I I have to remind myself that in 10 years, 20 years, there's going to be different technology than there is now. So I can't put the stress of the future on today's circumstances. So I think that that is sort of like an Another analogy of going forward. You know, we worry about the future. We berate ourselves for the past, but it it again brings it back to just that you only have today. You only have this moment and you have to live within these circumstances of this moment because we don't know what's going to be then and we can't control what we did before. So why are we beating ourselves up? Why are we scared? You know, that's so much of the fear comes from the fear of the future and, and the things that we don't know. And um, the depression I think comes from going backwards or, you know, I I'm, I'm using the word depression lightly and I probably shouldn't, but just really that, that sadness or the concern or the, you know, cause I do think when you beat yourself up, it does lead to like a certain level of a depression, but we can't control it. We can't go back and change it. So we have to sort of stay in the present.
1: Yeah. And that's actually a really funny segue to dating because Um, I've been walking around for three and a half years thinking like, I'm probably just going to get hurt again, Mm. but I am not the same person that got hurt four years ago or six years ago or, you know, I'm not like, I wouldn't handle things the same way. I have different standards for myself. I have a better understanding of red flags. Um, So I'm like walking around in this world, like I'm not dating because getting hurt like that was not worth it. When in reality, like, I'll never get hurt like that again. Yeah. I might get hurt a different way. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But yeah, that's, I'm so glad that you took that and like applied it to the future because I hadn't thought of that. And that's like definitely true.
0: Yeah. So what do you think after taking this workshop? Are you going to date again? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I am. And that was like, it's so funny because like my case was kind of a tough one. It was like a tough nut to crack because. Part of what he talks about is that like, if you're single and you really want to be in a relationship, like really, it's not like I need more dating apps and I need a better profile. Like, it's really like you need to live life bigger, Yeah. join groups, take chances, like have courage and a lot of the stuff that he talks about you talk about in a different way mm. so I felt like i I extra got it because it's a lot of them were concepts that I've heard from before like from you and some other teachers in my life and um, so now I feel like it's all cemented in but the thing about it is like I have a big life so I'm like I literally don't know what else I could add like I'm a social butterfly like yeah. I travel all over I'm doing this I'm doing that I'm part of this group I head up this charity I head up that chair like I don't know how to live bigger right now. Uh, and then it really came down to like, it's about intent.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, right. my favorite like, word. I talk about right. that all the time. Intention, intention. And it was
1: so funny because I was like, Oh my God, that's what I mean. Like there are a lot of lessons I have heard before, but that didn't, I'm able to like fit them in differently now.
0: So how does that, how did you find that the intention will be applied to your life?
1: Well, for example, when I go out into the world and I meet guys and I meet a lot of guys just from the nature of working in the motorcycle industry and the amount of travel and the things that I like to do. So I meet a lot of guys, but I literally look at a guy and in the first five seconds, I'm like, or maybe the first 15 minutes, I'm like, is that guy worth all of the pain? Mm. And I immediately say no, because like it wasn't worth the pain in the past for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, this woman came out to me after and she's like, you know, like 93% of interaction is like body language. She's like, you think that guys don't feel that vibing so hard off of you?
0: Yeah. It's so (laughs) So, true.
1: Yeah. So the intention moving forward, like I'm not necessarily going to change much in my life, but I'm going to be really aware of not my body language, but really aware of like, what is my heart saying? Right. Like, am I going to be just like meet somebody and like shut it down (laughs) internally? Or am I going to be like, yeah, it might hurt. It might not. Like, you don't know that. Yeah. And like getting back another, like more of a sense of wonder. Like, I don't know. I don't know what could happen. Do you think that
0: that's, um, harder as you get older? Is it, do you, do you feel like it's harder as you get older? Because maybe like the pool is different. Like there's more people that are married and then the pool is different and that people come with more life experience. Like sometimes I wonder if it's easier to get married when you're younger because you don't have as much trauma and life experience and baggage. And then other times I think, well, it's probably better to get married when you're older or date when you're older because you have a lot more life lessons under your belt. And you're more of who you are, even with the baggage. What What are your thoughts on that? I'm just curious.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's easy to find somebody when you're young because there's so many unknowns and you may not have, like, I certainly didn't have that high of standards. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, it was like, I watched too many romantic comedies growing up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, it's oh, funny. It...
0: Yeah. Sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go <laughs> ahead. Cause I totally cut you off and I'm being rude. <laughs>
1: not true my podcast Um, damn it no I'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) let me just take it the whole time um (laughs) no go I'm sorry what was I saying I don't know that (laughs) just when you're younger like when you're younger you don't your standards are totally different yeah there's so much you don't know about well it's your standards and it's like your your knowledge of the world like I
0: don't feel like anybody really prepared me for what marriage is. And my parents have been married for almost 50 years. So they've been in it for a long time. I don't think at any point, anybody said to me, you know, my mom would say things to me, like, you're not just marrying the guy you're marrying the family. You're not, you know, like she'd give me little tidbits, but I don't know if anybody really tells you about how crazy marriage can be, you know, and, and how hard it can be and how complex it can be and how, you know, you continue to grow as a person and your partner continues to grow as a person. And it's not always together, you know, like sometimes it is, I see couples that are closer as they get older. I see couples that grow apart as they get older. It's kind of crazy. Like forever is a long damn time.
1: <laughs> well, I think like, also like how could your mother have prepared you for the modern world? like what the internet has done to relationships, mm-hmm. what that just like we have, like, we're, we're like forced, it's forced upon us that there's all this choice, mm. right? We have like all these new gender issues that your mom's generation didn't mm-hmm. have. Right. Like right. My we mom went from her home and like,
0: right. My mom went from her parents' house to her husband's house. Like that was, yeah the way it was done. Like here, you know, even for me, it was different. I went to college and then I lived on my own for a while. And, you know, so yeah, you're right. That's a really good point because, and and I guess for me, the question going forward is like, how do I prepare my daughter? You know, I've started to prepare her. I've started to say to her things like, you have a choice whether or not you want to get married. You have a choice of who you want to marry and how you want that to look. Because I also think that growing up, for me personally, it was this is what you do. You go to college, you come out, you get a job, you find a nice Jewish boy, you get married, you have two Jewish kids, you have, have your white picket fence, and you live happily ever after. Boom, recipe for success, you know. And there Which are moments what your mom did. Right. And there are moments where I'm like, eh, this isn't the only way. And I don't know if, listen, I wouldn't change it for the world. I love my children. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I wouldn't want that, but I'm just saying there are moments where I'm like, I never even thought about, is there another way, you know, or if another way is what I would want, maybe it was, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, yeah. so I want to like teach my children, you have choices of what you want to do. It doesn't have to be the typical way that we think it should be done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's crazy too, because that gives us this element of like, just having that element of choice is like, sometimes can be really overwhelming as as well, because you're like, am I making the right choice? I have so many choices, like I have so many options, like which one is the right one. And it's like, yeah, I can't imagine what it, what it will be like when Talia is, you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. I I imagine what it's like like like. every day.
0: just kidding love you T if you're listening uh, maybe in 10 years there's even podcasts in 10 years uh, yeah no it's it's crazy. I don't know what it's gonna be like you know and it's funny because you know I we were talking the other day about a lot of our friends are getting divorced now you know I'm in my mid40s so it's the time a lot of people are getting divorced and uh, I'm noticing that people that got married later in life, are not. And I don't know if it's because they just haven't reached that point yet, or it's because they knew each other, you know, they knew themselves better when they got together than we did when we were in our twenties, you know? So it's interesting. It's just, you know, I, you know, I love this like social experiment stuff. Like I love to see, you know, what's
1: going on in the world and how people are handling things. It's just very interesting. It's super fascinating. And that's part of why I love this retreat because it's about people. Mm. and emotions and how we interact and how we influence each other. And so, yeah, I had a great, great time on the retreat and it just like, it reinforced for me, like Jen needs to do a retreat. Mm. (laughs) Like you, you need a retreat for, because you've helped. Yeah. You've helped me so much. And I did feel like when I was there at this retreat, like there was so much, not that I know everything, but there was so much that I've already been exposed to Mm through you. And as I mentioned, a couple other mentors in my life. And it like, I feel like ahead of the game. And that was a huge blessing for me. It was a mm. huge gift that I got at this retreat. I actually got some sense of peace that like, I'm okay. Mm. Cause like, I didn't feel okay. Like, you know, that stress through building that motorcycle and my event. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, mm. And now I don't feel that. And yeah, I've been home from the retreat like five days, (laughs) no, two days. (laughs) So there's like this retreat high or whatever, but like, I feel different. I feel completely differently. And I have like a real sense of that. I'm okay.
0: Yeah. Well, I always say with things like that, like retreats or, you know, I teach workshops for photographers, things like that. If you even just walk away with one thing, like Mm -hmm. that intention component and that forgiveness component, like one or two things that you can walk away from. And, you know, when that thought comes into your head, like Lauren, I can't believe you you fell for this guy. You you know what? You catch yourself and you say, "Mm, you know what? That's not the thought I want right now. I'm going to change that thought. That is, that's the start, you know, of like changing other thoughts and, you know, as I call it, flipping the script and, um, you know, that can be life-changing.
1: Yeah. And I loved the, like the added analogy that he said of like, okay, if you're like running a race, like think about what a time waste it would be if your, if your coach like came onto the track and like stopped you in the middle of the race to yell at you for the first runner. Mm -hmm. Like just like, it really like hit home for me. Like what a time waste that Mm -hmm. is. Like just if I spend 20 minutes throughout the day berating myself for past mistakes. Like what a freaking time waste! Like if a coach did that, because like I ran track, so it was a good analogy for me. Mm -hmm. If a coach came onto the track and like pulled you off to yell at you, and the race is still happening, like Mm -hmm. that's the thing about life. Like it's not gonna. We don't have long lives. Stop! Yeah. Like what a freaking time waste! Like that really like kind of lit a fire under my ass of like. I don't want to waste a second regretting it's also, the mistakes I made. It's also an energy waste. Like
0: you know, I've been going through a lot of stuff that i uh, you know personal stuff that I haven't really talked about publicly, and maybe I will one day. Maybe I will, not I don't know. But currently, I'm in the thick of it, and it's exhausting emotionally and physically. Like there are some days where, at the end of the day, I'm not even tired, like sleeping tired. I'm just exhausted. Like it's a different exhaustion than I've ever felt. It's, it's like that it's like the constant thinking and the thoughts and the, I should have done this and I should have done that. And I should have changed this. And I can't believe 22 year old Jen did that. And 30 year old Jen did that. Like I'm in that right now. So this is really like, when I said to you, I want to talk about that. It was really also helpful for me because I think that I'm 43 years old. I'm about to be 44. There's a shit ton of mistakes that I've made in my life. And I'm harder on myself, certainly, than I am on other people in my life. I hold myself to a different standard. And sometimes that's very dangerous. You know, if anybody else in my life made those mistakes, I would have forgiven them years ago.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that was um, sort of the portion that he talked later about, like, unconditional love and like, how do you love yourself? And like, why do we do that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just remembering that it's like, like he said, like many runners won race. Yeah. Every day, every day you're a new runner. Every day you wake up as a new runner. And so he's like, instead of waking up and being like, I can't believe that you drank all that vodka last night.
0: Mm, Right, (laughs) right,
1: right. Wake up and say like, welcome to the world, new runner. Like, welcome.
0: (laughs) Right. And also instead of saying like, you know, I can't believe I drank all that vodka last night. I feel like shit today. Learn when I drink vodka, I feel like shit. So maybe like right. going forward, right. you're like, oh, you know what? That mistake that I made that I beat myself up for, for all those years. How about I just don't make that mistake again? Exactly. Then yeah. it's worth, then it's worth the mistake, you know?
1: Right. How about I don't date guys just because they have six pack abs?
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> just kidding. Are you looking for a I mean, I'm not I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Well,
1: maybe I like... actually feel so differently. This is going to sound so judgy, so judgy. I'm going to say it anyway. It's okay because you just said, you know, it sounds judgy. So go ahead. (laughs) That gives me the free reign to say anything judgmental. (laughs) When I meet a guy and he's all like ripped in a six pack abs, like I just think differently about that type of guy now. Like, I just think like... But there's a reason for that. Yeah, there is. Because I know that people, again, blanket judgmental statement, people with six pack abs, like a lot of times they're really insecure okay, but let's like (laughs) dissect this for just one second. I'm going to get all like therapist
0: on you, even though I'm not a therapist. That's been your experience (laughs) with a guy who was like that. So (laughs) one guy, (laughs) right. One guy. So now you're taking that one experience and you're blanketing it to every guy with six pack abs. If you're a guy out there and you're listening and you have six pack abs and you're like deep and thoughtful. Or a woman, or a woman. Right. No, I'm saying if there's a guy out there, call Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) prove her wrong. I'm open to dating. So (laughs) hit me up. (laughs) You know somebody with six
1: pack ads. Oh my God.
0: That, that is, here's the thing that I've also really learned over the years about relationships is that that will always change Lauren. Like chances of you marrying a guy with six-pack abs at 30-something years old, chances are he's not going to have those six-pack abs at 60-something years old, right? So there has to be something else there. And I think that's really the issue in in your situation that that other level wasn't there. And you you made this incorrect assumption in your head that you're you're connecting six-pack shallow, six-pack controlling, six-pack insecure, six-pack whatever. And you might be right. I have no idea, but you may also be wrong. And I think that part of that forgiveness and that, all that is like to be willing to go out in the world and be wrong. That's so
1: true. That's a taste of medicine right there. (laughs) (laughs) Now you know what guy was (laughs) exactly. But also bring on the chubby guys. (laughs) (laughs)
0: You're so funny. I just think, you know, I just also think that the physicalness of people change, like you could meet, a guy that's not in shape and gets into shape at some point, yeah. you know, or like, yeah, my, my, I guess my question is when you're, when you're dating, this is where dating, I think changes in your thirties and forties versus in your twenties In your twenties. Of course you want a guy with a six pack abs because you're 20 years old and every guy's walking around with six pack abs. Like it's very easy, you know, but like, and so it's tempting and it's distracting and it's like, but he's so hot. Like, Ugh, you know, cause you're hormonal and you want babies and you're, you know what I mean? Like your, your mind and your body is like all about like reproducing and you know, it's like, a, it's like a different mentality. Now you're in your thirties and forties and it, it's, you know, I think fair to say, okay, well, what else do you have to offer? That is not the most yeah. important thing for me right now. Well,
1: I think that's why, like the question that you brought up earlier is like, is it harder to date when you're older? I think that your pool gets a lot smaller. Mm. And my pool is even more small because I have, I do have these new standards for how I, how I, how I'll be treated.
0: Mm.
1: Not standards really. Like really when I talk about standards, it's like, you know, if you're flaky, I don't have time for that. Like if you're, you know, if you're controlling, no thanks. Like I have different standards for myself. So I do think that my pool is going to be smaller. You know, I still have my heart set on Keanu Reeves. (laughs) And he came yeah, okay, out so, this week. Yeah. He he came out this week in an article and said that he's lonely. Oh, well you should call <laughs> yeah. him. Well, everybody sent me that article. Like 13 people or something <laughs> sent me that article. And I was like, son of a bitch, like how am I I'm gonna meet this guy?
0: I'm jealous that you get those articles. <laughs> I get articles on sucking <laughs> lemons is good for cancer. It's stronger than chemotherapy. That's what people oh, send me. Yeah. I'm gonna send you some different articles. Thank you. If any of them yes. involve Bradley Cooper being single, you let me know. <laughs>
1: How about just videos of Bradley Cooper speaking French? Have you watched those? No. What? Oh my God! Google Bradley Cooper speaking French. Oh, Take the way. afternoon off. All right, guys, I gotta go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Let's wrap up this podcast. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, but before we do, yeah. forgiveness, yes. forgiveness, like, forgive me, forgive for yourself. Up this podcast, right now. <laughs> no, I'm forgive yourself, and then with forgiving others, like just let it go. Yeah. You'll feel lighter and better. You'll feel lighter. I feel good. Okay. Wrap it up. Wrap it up, (laughs) Jess. Well, first I'm going to read a sign card
0: and then I'm going to go look up Bradley Cooper speaking French. Okay. Let's hurry. All right. Okay. Oh, this is very simple and lovely. As you guys may or may not know, if you've listened to my past podcast. My word for 2019 is shine. And Lauren sent me a little box with all these shine quotes are so cute. So I read one at the end of every podcast and I actually just bought a really cool necklace that says shine on it. It's really, it's like staying with me. So today's quote is by Caitlin S. Irons and it's shine with all you have. And man, I totally think that that applies to forgiving yourself. If you do not forgive yourself, how on earth are you going to shine in this world?
1: Yes. Amen.
0: So go forgive yourself. You guys, I'm off to go see Bradley Cooper.
1: I love <laughs> you all.
0: Make sure you follow Lauren at ride my road. And I am at, at Jen Roseman and at shamelessly feminine. You can also check out our Facebook group and uh, reach out, let us know what you want to hear about, give us some feedback. And if you wouldn't mind giving us a five-star rating and a little bit of love on iTunes, we love you guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.